0: So we've been in um, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those. Blessed to be envied, you're in a good position, you're in that place where God wants you to be. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and begin, if we can throw our slides up there. Michelle must have put that one in. Michelle slipped one in there on me. Truth. Nothing but truth here this morning, I'm just saying. No, actually, we're blessed. The Beatitudes speak to us as it relates to what truly what a blessed life looks like. This is Jesus, obviously, Sermon on the Mount. And I want to thank also, I want to thank Pastor Rory. I don't know if he'll listen to this later or whatever, but I want to thank him. I thanked him in person, but I also want to thank him you know, publicly for filling the pulpit last week. And, um, you know, he, uh, we spoke a little bit before, communicated before. He said, hey, uh, where have you been? What do you want me to teach or preach? Or, I just said, let the Spirit lead you. I mean, we, you know, just let God. We, we worship the same God. We've, we have fellowship. We're part of the same body. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. I'm not going to tell you what to preach, Let God tell you. And praise the Lord, he did. Except now, I was, as I was away and I'm, I'm studying, and, and uh, I was preparing for Wednesday's uh, Bible study. Which turned out not to be that. <laughs> the Lord had His way. And then I and, and for Sunday, so Sunday I didn't listen. But Monday, I you know, my as my habit is, I get up, you know, a little bit early, and I'll go out there read and pray and study and blah blah blah. So I'm out there doing that. And then I said, well, while I'm reading and studying and all this, I'll I'll go ahead and turn on Sunday's message. That was Monday morning, so I was listening to Sunday's message by Pastor Rory on uh, Monday morning. And I'd already been in uh, several scriptures and I knew I, I had the skeleton. I knew where God was nudging me. And uh, we were. I, I was in um, Luke chapter 11 and then Rory starts preaching and teaching. Then he starts, Luke chapter 11. Says, oh, no. I, either I missed God or he did. But no, it, it we'll be there in a little while, but not the same. The context is different. His message was uh, slightly different. Although I will say, the one thing that took me back and that keeps me um, really just hungry and thirsty and, and continuing to follow God is, you know, Pastor Rory's message. I listened, was very good, and he also said some of the same things that you know where we've been and what we, God is speaking through His ministers. God is speaking to His body. God is speaking to His people. You have to be as His people. I'm going to say this: as His people, you must not maybe, if you can, if you have time, you must search the Scriptures because not everybody behind a pulpit is telling the truth. Not everybody behind a pulpit, not everybody to visit your doorstep, not everybody that drops off a track to you is telling you the truth. You have to read the scriptures for yourself and discern and not believe just what Pastor Tony says, just what Pastor Rory says, just what your name, your second favorite, because I know I'm your favorite, your second favorite, but don't even just what that preacher or teacher tells you. You have to read. You have to pray. You have to have your relationship with God. Now, with that being said, we're going to pick up in Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My brothers and sisters, listen, some of you, you've heard this time and time again. In, in 2012, the Lord spoke to us and told us persecution was coming. It's coming. It's now here, and it's going to get worse. So here's what the, the Scripture is teaching us. Here's what Jesus is preaching to His church. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Not not persecuted for being a talebearer. Not persecuted for just being a. I'm, I'm just not persecuted just for being a jerk. I don't believe he said that from the pulpit. Well, it's a theological term. Look it up. You, 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 come on now. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because I've heard and seen a lot of people will say that they're being persecuted because of their stand with Christ and it had nothing to do with them uh, standing for Christ. In fact, I had a friend of mine... was in the same uh, vocation as me, the same profession as me as superintendent, he came to me because he had a problem with an employee and the employee wrote uh, a certain thing as it related to them being reprimanded and they wrote an answer to them being reprimanded and they wrote that 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 place was being uh, uh, overcome or overrun with the presence of the devil and blah, blah, blah. And he knew I was a pastor. He said, what do you think of this? And I said, well, why was this person written up? The person wasn't doing their job but now they're turning around and they're trying to say that the only reason why that they were being singled out was because of their stand with Christ. No. Christ tells me work every day as you're working unto the Lord. He, Christ tells me that I work at my vocation, at my job, whatever it is that I'm doing, I work hard for them. I give them and I give them all I've got. Amen? and as long as they're not asking me to violate anything as it relates to God's law, the morality that God has taught me, as long as they're not asking me to violate anything, I owe it to them. Why? Because Jesus has told me, you work for them like you're working for me. Hallelujah. So now I can't say, well, I'm being persecuted because of Jesus. No. This is being persecuted for your right standing with God. Not for being a dope about it. Not for being a jerk. But be wise. Didn't, didn't God call us also to be wise? Amen. So, look, persecution. Here's something I need to share with you. I'm not sure how many of you heard this, but there was a case in the Supreme Court where a church brought, brought this all the way up and petitioned the Supreme Court because they were not, I forgot what state it was in, so please forgive me, but they petitioned all the way up to the Supreme Court because they weren't being allowed to meet in a, a congregation, I believe it was above 50. Okay, so now they brought it and they said, well, you're letting other businesses and other people do it, we shouldn't be singled out as a church. It's against the Constitution. The Supreme Court ruled against them. Okay, so look, my brothers and sisters, we've already seen it in in churches, around churches, around Christians. We've already seen it. It's, it's, We're being marginalized. We're being pointed to, and being, we're, we're being—we're th- we're the ones that are intolerant. You know, we're the ones that are the chocolateites. We don't understand science, and we're not. So we're going to get together and endanger each other. No, no, no. We can't sing in church. Some of them are trying to do that as well. My brothers and sisters, that's minor. That's minor. That's all part of the beginning of what's ha- going to happen. That's minor. Persecution is here. It's going to get worse. And my brothers and sisters, where do we stand? This is what Jesus says to us. Blessed when they revile and persecute you. You're blessed. You're in a great position. You should be envied. Don't always feel that way though, does it? They'll say all kind of evil things against you. Any, ever happen to anybody? For righteousness sake? Rejoice and be exceeding glad. You see that? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. I got to be honest with you. That's a tougher one for me. That's a tougher one for me. I, I've told you, I've shared with you, I've been pretty much transparent with you from the beginning as it relates to, man. There's this anger. There's this 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 frustration that continues to rise up, and I got to keep tamping it down because of how the church is being treated, how Christians are being treated, and then I also see how Christians are being totally. Um, distracted and, and, and their eyes are being taken off the truth by all of these other things all of these other distractions and the, me- the messages that are being mixed and the messages that are being watered down and all it's, it's just frustrating so I see this and it says rejoice and be exceeding glad blessed are you when they revile persecute." It, it's, it's tough isn't it impossible for me without Christ impossible for me, without Christ. With Christ, without Christ, forget it. It's not going to happen. I have to stay prayed up. I have to be in the closet. I have to have my alone time. I have to read. I have to study. I have to be with God. I have to be with you. I have to be with you. We have to sing songs together. God inhabits the praise. I got it in the presence of God. It's the only way. Amen? So now continuing in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is seen on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. My brothers and sisters, I want to this This message, see, we're all conditioned, and in here I try my best. you know we, we get in here, we sing our songs and we do the thing, and whatever it is that is uh, our liturgy, and we'll do it, and then uh, and, and then we'll go ahead and and you know try to forty five minute message and then out sing a song maybe and then out the door altar call, maybe out the door this This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. This Sermon on the Mount is chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven. I don't think Jesus was there for. 45 minutes. Lock the door. No, but but, but you see, so now I'm going to try my best to do justice. Lord, help me to do justice. This is Jesus. He starts off, blessed are they, blessed are they, blessed are they. And now what He's doing, my brothers and sisters, He's telling you what it looks like. He's telling you what this looks like. Those blessings, those the, the position that his people are in. The, that position, what that position looks like, how it's lived out, how it's played out in our life. Amen. So this is the beginning. You are a salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, now many of us have studied, many of us are experienced in the scripture, and you may have heard some of the things that I'm about to say. Some say, "Well, uh, in that uh, in that era, in that." Uh, culture, salt was important. They didn't have refrigeration, so salt was used to preserve things, preserve meat and that kind of thing. Good, it killed bacteria. It was also used, sometimes they'll put salt uh, on wounds or something to kill the bacteria on wounds. Um, some people say that uh, the meaning of this means that, that we're, we're what's preserving the earth, right? But salt also was used for seasoning. And, and, and you know, th- that word flavor is not necessarily flavor as we would distinguish it, as we would say. It Tastes. I could taste it. It's part of it, sure, absolutely, right. It also. Some people say, "Well, that's because salt is white," and they're saying that that's um, because of our purity. Uh, no matter which area that you want to land in, uh, let's just say it this way, because I, I love the way Holy Spirit Jesus is saying it. He's saying, "You are the salt of the earth," but if salt, if the salt loses its flavor. So regardless of what you think it may be or exactly what it is, preserver, the taste, uh, purity, it doesn't matter. Th- because what he's saying is, listen, whatever the function is, once that function ceases, it's good for nothing. Come on now. See, I, I, I already know some of you don't agree with that. But but let's look at it for what it's saying here. It, what it's saying is, the salt or the, whatever that is, it, its its ability to preserve, its ability to give taste or distinguish by taste. Whatever that is, if it loses that, it's good for nothing. Come on now. It says, how shall it be seasoned? How will it get it back? Or how would it be able to do anything that it was called to do? If it lost its ability to do it, it's good for nothing. How could it get its ability back? Hallelujah. It's not good for anything. Thrown down, trampled, it's done. It's done. You are the light of the world. The city that is seen on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Very basic and rudimentary scriptures. Many of us in this room have studied these before. And I know a lot of you have been in uh, this church for a long time, have heard these scriptures and and we've been teaching, shared messages out of these scriptures. But I think, my brothers and sisters, the, the times are different now. I think that some of you will get deeper depth, different understanding. Not, not different in contrary, but different deeper. Different, what season are you in right now? Are you with me? And see, right after this, Jesus says, don't think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I didn't come to destroy or do away with. I came to fulfill. And, and, and remember what he said. Watch. And he said, listen... Heaven and earth will not pass until every jot and tittle of that law is fulfilled. Why there, Jesus? Why are you putting in that in, in there? Because he's telling you there's still a standard. God is still righteous. There's still a, a, there's still a law. There's still this standard. Are you with me? Okay. But then he says something like, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you cannot enter into heaven. And, and, and okay, so what is he say? Now, if you're in that, imagine that. Let's just imagine for a moment that you all, some of you, uh, uh, still uh, think that preachers or teachers or whatever are closer to God, which they're not. But let's just say, some, but you say, well, if that guy's not saved, then how am I going to get saved? Has anybody ever thought that? Now, I'm not saying about me, but not necessarily you've seen some people. Like, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. Man, Billy Graham. Man, if he actually lived what he taught and preached, and, and I, I have no reason to believe that he didn't, but his whole life was, was preaching and teaching, bringing thousands to the Lord. Amen? So I said, man, wow, I would love to have that kind of ministry. I would love to be used by the Lord. If the, if the Lord is using him like that, wow! And then, you, well, the Lord was to say something like that, well... Unless you exceed, your righteousness exceeds that of Billy Graham and my apologies to the Graham family or or whoever. Do you understand? Does everybody... Come on, come on. Something, come on. Get with it. Do you understand? So now I'm going to say, unless my life is better than his, I can't get into heaven? That would be the equivalent of, or even more, greater than for these people. When Jesus says something like that, they would be taken back. What? If, if they ain't getting in, I ain't getting in. Are you with me? Okay, but then Jesus also tells, teaches them something. He teaches them about prayer and, sa- and says to them, don't pray so that you can be seen. Don't do everything that you do. Don't, let, don't, don't do the, the good deeds that you do, all these things. Don't do it in front of people just so you can be recognized by men. Right? But he, he, and then he continues to expound. He, he, he talks about You know, it's been written, you shall not commit murder. But then Jesus turns right around and raises the bar. Man, if you have wrath against your brother, you've already killed him. If you say something that evil against your brother, he's a blockhead, that's what that means. He's a blockhead, you're worthless. You've already killed him. You've committed murder. He's raising the bar here. You shall not commit adultery. We know what that means. We know what he says after that. If you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've already done the... You've committed the sin. You've committed adultery. He's raising the bar, my brothers and sisters. He speaks against divorce. Now, I know that some people in this room are divorced and and I'm not trying to bring down condemnation on you. But here's what I would say to the younger people or to those of you who have not married yet. Choose carefully. Choose carefully. Don't Don't rush into something. Make sure God is leading you. Don't be so quick to do it. Make sure it's a God thing. Pray about it. Ask God. Serve God. If someone, listen, some people, you're not going to believe this, but I've been in ministry for a long time, and I know other ministers who've been in even longer than I have. And inevitably, there's, there are always some women who believe that they're going to find their husband in church, and inevitably, they end up with the wrong guy just because he was in church, and that was the standard. Ah, oh, please. Please. So again, I'm not trying to bring condemnation for anyone who has divorced. No, no, no. There is therefore no no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So, so, so now here's what I'm saying: those to those of you who are younger, and I've got some granddaughters back there. I'm preaching at right now. (laughs) Amen. No, and I'm not trying to be so silly. But even though all of us, young men as well, we need to be careful. God, is, God does not like divorce. God is not about that. So choose. Be careful about who you marry. Be generous. Another thing that Jesus highlighted on If someone asks you for your coat, give them your shirt too. See what, Are you with me? Stay with me. Jesus is expounding on these blessings. T- listen. How about this one? Turn the other cheek. If someone smites you on one side, let them... Come on. Yeah, I heard some moaning and groaning on that one. How about love your enemies? See, so now, listen, listen, where are we at? See, it was okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see... See, that's okay. okay. And, and now Jesus is talking about this blessed life. What it looks like. Am I doing something? What it looks like. And so now, all of a sudden, we get the moans and groans. Right? It was all good when it was all about, hey, bless this. And now we get the moans and groans. We've got to love our enemies. Okay. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. So now we'll find ourselves in Luke chapter eleven because, see, in Luke eleven, or am I still okay? In Luke eleven, this is part of the same uh, sermon. This is this. Remember the synoptic gospels. Now this is part of that as well. And look at how uh, the Holy Spirit says this through Luke. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of uh, light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Okay. So remember, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill, boy. You, somebody didn't get sleep. This okay? You are light, and, there's, and so now look at look at the way the Holy Spirit says: Take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. Take heed that the light isn't. He's saying, "Be careful, watch out, right?" He said, "Hey, pay attention to this. Take heed that the light that's in you is not darkness." I, I don't understand that. Yeah, the thing that you think is truth, make sure that it's really truth. That thing that you have given yourself permission to act upon or to hold inside your heart. Those thoughts, those things that that, you're, that you've, uh, you know, that you continue to um, practice in your life. Those things that you continue to 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 investigate. Uh, those things that you continue to walk out in your life. Make sure that what what that's absolutely coming from you. But make sure that that's godly. That's light. It's light. You know, he comes as an angel that's disguised in light, but he's really dark. He comes as a wolf in sheep's clothing. So not everything that looks and aligns itself with the light is truly light. That's why you have to read and pray. Amen? Okay. So now, but, but look at this, when your eye is good. When your eye is good. Look at the way Matthew says it. Now we're going back to Matthew in chapter 6. This is again in the same... Same message. Sermon on the Mount. Look at what Jesus says. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you think that you're doing those things that God has informed you to do, you know, and, and you continue to act that way, how great is that? How how great, not in the sense good great, but good, how powerful, how overcoming that will be. So now you have this good eye, bad eye. Is he, is he speaking about vision? Of course not. We know that. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to understand that. But the good eye and the bad eye. The good eye and the bad eye. I need to determine what is the good eye, what is the bad eye. Some of you already know this. You've heard messages like this. In Deuteronomy 32, you don't turn there, you listen. Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 10, here's what it says. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. This is speaking of God as as it relates to his feeling or his um, what he felt about Jacob, his attitude toward Jacob or toward his people. The apple of his eye. So, see, if you look at the apple of the eye, you know, I I, I kind of hesitated to use that initially because initially or the, the the origin of that term has nothing to do with what I have my affection on. It's different. You know, the apple refers sometimes to the pupil. And then you see, if you see something like, you can reflect your um, in other words, if I get close enough to somebody, there's sometimes where I can see my reflection in their eye, the pupil of their eye, the apple of their eye, the pupil. It, it, the origin of that particular saying is, apple of the eye, doesn't mean what it means here. So that's why I'm backing it up and going to the Scripture, so that you'll see when, when God is talking about, or as it's translated in the, uh, from the Hebrew... How it's translated, apple of the eye. It's that thing that that he says. Jacob has my affection. My affection is toward Jacob. Jake, Jacob, has my people. Have my attention, right? My, I, I, I my daughter's nickname for, from me. I'm saying too much probably. Is the apple of my eye. Um, and my son is the strength of my right hand. <laughs> In Zechariah chapter two, verse eight, it says this. For thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. He's speaking to His people. Amen. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Did you hear that? This is God, what He says, His affection, His attention toward His people. Come on now. For surely I will shake my hand against them, and they shall become spoiled for their servants. I have... See, this is God. This is God speaking to His people. I have this affection for you. You're the apple of my eye. You have my attention. You have my affection. I love you. So anyone who messes with you is messing with me. Isn't that what that scripture just said? That's Tony language. Come on now. Come on. What's going on with you folks? Come on. Hallelujah! This is good stuff. Because you know what? God hasn't changed. God has not changed. That's the way He feels about you. And that, you know, you, you, that excites me. The God, the one who created everything that we see and even the things that we can't see, that God, if you didn't believe that there was a God, you wouldn't be here this morning. And if you didn't believe that He came and took a body in the person of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Himself wasn't God in the flesh, you wouldn't be here this morning. That God, that God that went into a tomb, came out of a tomb alive after He was tortured and brutally murdered, that God, that one, I am the apple of His eye. Come on now. That's the way He feels about you. He died for you. He had you on His mind and in His heart when He went to that cross. You are the apple of His eye. Hallelujah. He's making promises here. Yeah, we're going to be persecuted. See, Tony, that doesn't figure. We're going to be persecuted. It's going to get bad. There are people... Yeah, but He's saying, great is your reward. Yeah, it might sting a little bit down here. It might hurt a little bit down here. It's going to get a little old down here. You're going to get tired and worn out down here. But don't worry about it because I have something much better for you. Hallelujah. I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, but even in the middle of all that, yeah, because you know why? In that, He blesses us. It's in those tests and in those trials. It's when I can't take another step and I cry out to Him and I say, Lord, help me. I can't do this. That's what I've been waiting for. I see, listen, I see that faith. I see you are the apple of my eye and you understand that I will never leave you or forsake you. You understand that your blessing isn't of this world. Your blessing is from heaven. So yeah, let's go! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. That's good stuff. That's what He promises us. But see, when I'm in the middle of it, sometimes I just, yeah, I'm not feeling very blessed. But see, that's what the Beatitudes are all about. That's why He reminds us. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. Blessed are you when they revile you, when they can't stand you, when they re- ridicule you, when they talk bad about you behind your back, or even in front of you. Blessed are you. Remi- I'm blessed. It doesn't feel good. doesn't matter. He says I'm blessed. That's all I need to know. And he tells me what the... Listen, you know what I love about our God? He doesn't say, okay, just take my word for it. No, he's saying, listen, I'm going, to be with their, I'm going to be right there with you. See, here's how I did it, Jesus. Here's how I did it. Here's how my early... Here's how my apostles did it. Here's how the first church did it. He's shown us what it looks like. He did, he's not hiding from us anything. He's showing us and he's telling us. And he says, listen, and you're blessed. Here's what happens when you make it through this. This is what happens. And you're not going through it by yourself. This is what happens. Either I believe it or I don't. And I want to tell you, if Jesus isn't God, if you've made a decision in your heart and in your mind and you know that Jesus is God, serve Him. Follow Him. If you if if you've made the decision in your heart and in your mind that Jesus is God and you're not following him and you're not serving him, what's, what's your problem? What's, why? You're gonna to have to explain that one to me. Look at everything that he said, everything that he's done for us. Hallelujah. I, I, finally, I'm gonna give you another one, Psalm 17. This is again defining the apple of the eye thing. Verse 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye. This is David crying out to God. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked one who oppresses me, from the deadly enemies who surround me. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, as with everything that I have, so that you're prepared, persecution is here. It's going to get worse. But God will not leave you or forsake you. God will not abandon you. Even in the middle of your toughest time, God is going to keep you under the shadow of His wing. How do I know that? He just said it. And he said he would never leave you or forsake you. And he showed you and told you that blessed are you when these things happen to you. He told you it's going to happen. And he says blessed are you when it does happen. Because that proves that I'm yours and you're mine. Hallelujah. See, and then I believe that we get a specific understanding of the context of, that, of verses 22 and 23 where he's talking about salt and, and light. And, and, and look at what he says in um, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rustic destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then he says in, in verse 23. Could you put that back, Mary, please? I'm sorry. I'm giving Mary a curveball. Verse 23. There you go, twenty-two, twenty. The lamp of the body is the eye. If the eye, therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great will that darkness? How great is that darkness? So he said what I just read to you, um, just before that. And so he says this after that, and then just after that. He says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and riches. So right, stuck right in the middle of that is what we read in 22 and 23. So Jesus has basically given us context as to you know, what a good eye is and what a bad eye is. And so I've also showed you through the Old Testament the apple of the eye because that's the term that I chose to use because we understanding in our everyday vernacular when I say my daughter is the apple of my eye I have, a, I have a, an affection toward her. She's, I cherish her, right? Right? Are you with me? Okay, so now this is what... And then in the Old Testament the scripture I just gave you so now what is a good eye? So a good eye can very much speak to the thing that I cherish was that a long leap? Was that a long leap, Luke? Tell them. That was, that, that's not a long leap. What is having a good eye? A good eye is those things that I set my affection on. Those things that I'm following after. Those things that I'm looking for. Obviously, it doesn't speak to having good eyesight, bad eyesight. If it does that, I'm going to hell because these eyes... Come on. Come on. No. My brothers and sisters, what is it? What is the good eye? The good eye is that eye that's looking toward, has an affection for the things of God. Come on. So then, therefore, what would a bad eye be? Well, Jesus explained it. Didn't he? He he said it. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Who are you serving? Remember, if Jesus is God, serve him. church that i walk into this morning if jesus is god served him but he's saying my brothers and sisters the good eye the good eye is that one so how in the world can i reflect light if my eye is come on see if i've got a bad eye then then there's no light in me that the light in me is darkness isn't that what the scripture just said did i did i just go sideways on this isn't that what the scripture just told us Okay, so now if my eye, if my affection is for things other than the things of God, then that light that I think I have is not light. In fact, it's darkness. You know, I just... You're shining on darkness, right? That's a little different. Right? Silly, silly. But, but, come on. How in the world? We gotta, we gotta give Holy Spirit a chance here. You know, we gotta give Holy Spirit a chance. I can't go ahead and live my life for this life. I can't go ahead and look at the next thing, the next goal, the next human thing that I'm going to do. That next big promotion, that next house, that next... Car that next this that next relationship, this thing, that thing, the other thing what my, where, what is my eye toward that next big deal that this, this that now are all those things in and of themselves wrong no they're not wrong we all have to work we all and I just said when I opened up the, the message today we should be working for our employer every day we 're working unto the Lord as we're working unto the Lord why because we know him we have a relationship with him. and the fir, and, and the reason why we know we should be working for that employer that way is because of our relationship with the Lord. Because let's say, let's face it. You know what? Uh, sometimes the paycheck isn't enough to keep us motivated to work hard and do the thing. Come on now. But because of I'm a Christian, that means I follow Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. So regardless of how they treat me or my perception of how they're treating me, I still my, because of my he's the apple of my eye. He's got his eye on me. I got my eye on him. I got a good eye. Oh, come on! I've got a good eye. It's this one. No, it's I've got a good eye. I've got a good eye. I'm the apple of His eye and I've got a good eye. I'm, I'm taking in what He's telling me. I'm taking in the light that He's given me. What light? You work every day as you're working unto the Lord. I hope some of my employees are listening. You work every day. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Come on. Come on. Come on. See? Are you with me? Are you with me? See, see, I'm, I'm taking on that. I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm. Man, see now, all of a sudden, I'm reflecting the glory of God. I'm a reflection of the life of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I've got a good eye. Well, my eye isn't. My eye is now taking in the light, the good things, the God things. My light, my eye, my affection, my heart is toward the things of God, not toward the things of this world. I am not looking on Facebook to see how many people like me. I'm not looking on Facebook to see, oh, how many likes did that last post of mine get? I'm not looking on Facebook to see, you know, my own picture that I just put up of myself and maybe doctored it up just a little bit. Come on, I'm not trying to be totally funny here. I'm trying to tell you the truth. And we've got some young people in here as well as old people that live their lives on these social networks and medias. And there is no way that you can tell me that you are totally into all of that and into God at the same time. I'm not saying that. Don't hear my heart. I didn't say if you get on Facebook, you're going to hell. I didn't say that. But if you're spending so much time on that Facebook thing, if everything that you have as it relates to your emotional investment is partly in- entrenched in that, you are not having a good eye as it relates to the things of God. There's no way. No way. And my brothers and sisters, the enemy of our soul, he is counting on Facebook, tic tac toe, whatever these things are. It doesn't even matter. Twiddly-Dee and twiddly Dumb. We're, you know, we're, we're giving ourselves to these things and then we're having all of this information fly out there and people are taking it and running with it. Yeah, oh no, You? he said, what? She said, what? They did, what? Stop it. Just stop it. Man, where's the good eye? The good eye shouldn't be always checking out what the latest and greatest is on that handheld device you have. Unless, of course, it's the latest and greatest coming out of the Heart of Worship Church. Just kidding. No, you know what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters. Listen, this is this is killing our generation. Oh, I'm not going to know I'm not going to know how to act or react to this latest thing until I turn on Fox News. Please, I'm not going to know how to act or react until I turn on CNN. Whatever, please. Well, if it came out of that person's mouth, it's a lie. If it came out of this person's mouth, you better believe. Come on! But that's how we're living our lives. Why? We're allowing ourselves to be manipulated and maneuvered. We are. We are. See, again, I've said this to you. Luke, I'm assuming this is your sister. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming because I get to repeat some things. Now... But like what, what, like what I've been... It, it doesn't matter what side you think that you're on. It doesn't matter whether you're blue or red. It doesn't matter whether you're male, female, uh, light skin, dark skin. That, if you're in, I'm more concerned with what's happening to his body. And in his body, we have colors, shapes, sizes, genders. We have different age groups. Man, and we're one. But now listen, because of these social media and because of our eyes being bad, we start seeing ourselves separately, distinctly different. We're not, we're one body. We're one body. We've got different gifts, we're different parts, but we all are one body. We're all one in, in Christ. Jesus said it, and I'm, again, I'm so glad that Luke's sister's here, I get to repeat it. Jesus said that there's only one of two sides that you can be on. With Him or against Him. And that's it. So my brothers and sisters, when you start going ahead and letting this, uh, f- this handheld device influence the way you think, how much time you're not spending praying and reading, let me ask you all something. How much reading of the Bible did you do this week? A, a bunch? Compared to how much TV? How mu- oh boy, aren't you glad you came? Oh boy. Oh boy. No, my brothers and sisters, that that's, see. that's having the good eye. See, we can't read scriptures like this. We can't look at scriptures like this and then go ahead and just walk merrily along out that door and think, oh, that was a good message. Or say, yeah, he don't know what the heck he's talking about. Or whatever. That guy needs to go back to seminary. Uh, Whatever. Whatever. Right, wrong, or whatever. I'm, I'm I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, you need to see a message, hear a message like this. Let Holy Spirit get down on the inside of you and let it do the work that it was intended to do. What's that? To bring conviction where conviction needs to be. You know what? I did not read a whole lot this week. I spent more time on that Internet, uh, seeing, checking out this one, checking out the other one, seeing the emails, uh, doing that thing, doing the other thing. I did read a little bit while I was on the, the, the computer or on the handheld device, but man, I came home from work and I was so tired. And so, man, you know, I couldn't read. I, every time I try to read, I fall asleep. Tell the devil, tell the devil. Tell your flesh, I will commit this much time to reading. This is the time that I'm spending reading. Period. And then do it. Whether it's when you come... If you know that every time you come home from work, you can't read, you're going to... Then first thing in the morning, just you listen. Set the alarm clock 15 minutes earlier. Just read 15 minutes before you go to work. Just just do something. My brother's middle of the day, lunch break. I'm going to take my Bible to uh, Barney's, whatever, whoever. Uh, Barney's. Oh, I know what, that was a old sub shop when I was a kid. Loved Barney's, that's why I came out. So so listen, I'm going to take my Bible with me, or I'm going to have my phone with me, you know, that one that you can get the Bible on, as well as that other stuff that you're doing, that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read, I'm going to devote this time to God. Why? Because the good eye. See, I I need my eyes to be good. I need my eyes to be collecting light. Why? I'm called to reflect. See, I can't be salt and light if I've got a bad eye. Come on now. So I've got to have the good eyes going. When I was considering this message, something jumped out at me. I want to share with you real quick. We're almost done. Exodus 33. This is when Moses was up on Mount Sinai and God was just relenting. He was saying, you know what? Y'all go, I'll send my angel ahead of you, but I'm not going. You know, remember Moses' attitude, if you don't go, I don't go, right? But so now this is the, this is part of that conversation between God and Moses. And he, Moses said, please show me your glory. You see what he's saying? Please show me your glory. Then he, God said, I will make my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Now, what is God relating to his glory? It's right there. What is God relating to his glory? Say it loud. His goodness. His goodness. Moses is saying, show me your glory. What does God say? I will make all my goodness passed before you. So God is relating his glory to his goodness. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify, speak of the glory of your Father in heaven. They may recognize something different. They may may recognize this glorious God that you're serving. Then in Exodus, then just jumping down to Exodus, the same, 33, now in 21, the Lord said, here is a place by me. See, because God told them, I'll I'll have mercy on who I'm I'm mercy and I'm going to have compassion on who I'm going to have compassion on. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. That jumped out at me. As many times as I've read this, Different season, different time. And I'm not trying to go uh, take license here, but get in in my presence. Stand close to me. Stand by me. Get close to me. Stand on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. Get close to me. Stand on the rock. I want to see, how do I understand anything about the goodness of God? See, Jesus first explained to us That the law shows something. It's teaching us something. And the law, I didn't come so that the law could be destroyed or done away with. I came that the law will be fulfilled. It speaks to this holiness, this righteousness. This speaks to this lofty God that we can't achieve that same thing, that status that He's achieved. But He's letting us come near Him. He's letting us stand on Him. Amen? Come on. Verse 22, so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. My brothers and sisters, we, we know this. You know, so many of us have been in this scripture so many times. But now in the light of where the Lord has nudged me to, I'm thinking, you know what? See, I I can't be good on my own, but the goodness of God, the goodness of God has to be displayed through me. It has to be. It has to be. The goodness of God has to be displayed through me. And it and the only way that that can happen is if my eye is good. So now I need I need to make a decision here. Do I believe Jesus is God? and I'm going to serve him. I'm going to read, I'm going to pray, I'm going to follow him. I want to know every, I want to have fellowship with him. I want his spirit inside of me. And then I'm going to find out that there are so, you know what I, I love this and John, and, and just before I left, I, I mean it, just before I left my house, I remember John 117, right? The law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. See I, I, let me, can, can you give me just a few more minutes? just a few so I, I really I, I want to give further context here I think it's in Exodus 30 30 yeah so remember God got Moses had already destroyed remember when Moses came down the mountain the first time he destroyed the Ten Commandments so now God shows Moses his glory God passes by him right? And so then he says to Moses, be ready tomorrow, bring up cut two tablets like you did the first time and be ready. Because he's getting ready now to renew the the covenant. The Lord descended, this is verse 5 of 34, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, him Moses, and he proclaimed the name of the Lord. Who did? No. God. God. God proclaimed His own. And the Lord passed before Him and proclaimed, the Lord passed before Him and the Lord proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children uh, children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped him. Okay. More perspective here, my brothers and sisters. Look. God, Moses went down the mountain. God says, come back tomorrow. Come back in the morning. Bring the tablets with you. Um, he, he's, he's getting ready now to renew the covenant. So when he goes up there, he, God descends in the cloud, but then he goes before Moses. And when he goes before Moses, he's proclaiming his own name. And what, his, what is his name? In that moment, he's telling you, the Lord gracious. The Lord merciful. See what he's saying? He's proclaiming who he is, right? By his, But then he says, listen, there are still problems with sin. See, I'm good, I'm gracious, and I forgive sin for thousands of generations. Right? Didn't he say that? I forgive and all that, but there's still a sin problem with man, and man, listen, that doesn't change. See when he says generations, so that means all of my father's sins right now are held against me? No, all the sins as a human being, period. As human beings, it will never stop, it'll never change. Well, don't look at me like that. It will never change. Right? Come on, somebody back me up, Luke, back me up over here. Sin humans are sinful by nature. And that's not going to change. It will not change. That's always going to be. We will never be as a human race. We will never achieve any kind of godliness, any kind of good status or stature. Come on. So some of these folks that are living outside of Jesus and thinking that they can do anything as a human race, the collective salvation that you're going to be hearing about more and more, and how good we, how good it's going to be when we make this this uh, uh, this this. Utopia on earth and all of that stuff, which is being preached and taught right now. And it's making its way into the church. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, God is saying, I am merciful, I'm kind, I'm good. But I'm just. And I am not going to, listen, overlook the guilty. Come on. Oh, well. See, I heard a famous preacher preach last week or whatever, that when people like me say that, I'm just, a mad human. I'm just a mad preacher. I'm just mad. I'm not mad. I'm mad at the devil. I'm not mad at you. In fact, I love you. In fact, if I didn't preach and teach this way, that would prove that I didn't love you. I love you. And I want anybody who hears, listen, the law came through Moses. But grace, but grace, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God is saying, listen, God is saying, listen, the this the, the nature of man is never going to change. That's going to be. However, I made a way. I paid the price. I went ahead and that guilt and that sin that was so disgusting before me, I went ahead and I nailed it to the cross. I paid the price. There's no other way. Because I am loving. Because I have compassion. Because I forgive. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. So now, in in light of that, what am I going to do? My eye is going to be after Him my eye is going to be the one who is ultimate good the one who is all good the one who is all love he the essence of god is love that one my eye he is the apple of my eye now come on he is the one that my affection is for he is the one that my attention is on come on come on is it is it is it because now watch here's what's going to happen in the days ahead You'll be able to tell that about yourself. How much reading are you doing? How much praying are you doing? How much of all of the other stuff? See what has your affection and what has your attention this coming week. Just try it. Just try it for for just a few days. Just a few days. Let's see what happens for the next few days in light of what the Spirit has told you this morning about your eye being good, about the light that's in you, making sure that it's not darkness. Darkness. All of this stuff that the church is listening to. All of the stuff that, that his body is letting in. Uh, test it. Put it to the scriptural test. Put it to the test. The whole scripture. All of it. Put it to the test. See if it's light. Judge it against Jesus. If it passes the, the, the light test, let it in. Let it in. Let it in. Let it in let it in. If something else lands on you and you're not sure, don't let it in. Am I talking gibberish all of a sudden? No, you have that authority in Christ. You have that power. You have it. Don't let it in. You can take into captivity every thought. Right? Take it into captivity. Cast it off. Amen? So now listen. Those of you who are in here and you know whether you've had an issue as it relates to some of these other things that have had your affection, some of these other things that that really kind of indicate that you got a bad eye. Let Jesus be your eye doctor this morning because He will, He will help you straighten out your bad eye will. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice either in this room or listening by electronic device God loves you. He loves you so much that he took a body himself took a merciless beating and forgave all of those who beat him, tortured him mercilessly, forgave them all. Poured out all of his blood For no crime. For no crime. Totally innocent. But He did that for you. So that all of those generational things that God could hold against you, they're not held against you. You're clean. If you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ paid your sin debt and you want to follow Jesus, you believe in Him, you repent, You receive His payment. You're clean. You now have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You read, keep your eye on Him, and start reflecting the light that He has placed in you by His Holy Spirit. Now, you start also acting as salt to those people around you. Now, some people don't like salt. Sometimes things get a little bit too salty and people just want to spit it out of their mouths. Just can't take it. Don't be disappointed and don't be surprised when that happens. Just know that you're truly making a difference because there are other people that you're preserving. There are other people that are going to see your good works because you're salt and light and they're going to glorify your God, our God, our Father in heaven. Amen. So stand with me, please. Great God, glorious Jesus in heaven, we we love you. We thank you for your word and ask, Lord, that you would continue to minister to us, to bless us. Father, that we may receive what you've given us this morning, that we can meditate on your word. And, Lord, that your word, we will give heed to your word. Holy Spirit, it's really easy for us to get caught up in the things of this world, our jobs, our children, all of those things that we have to take care of. But Lord, I beg you, in the name of Jesus, for me, myself, and anyone that would say yes and amen, help us, Lord. Help us to be so mindful of you. Help our eyes to be good. That we may take in more light and reflect your light. That we may give you glory, Father that we may be salt and light in this totally perverse generation. Lord, it should be so easy for us because things have gotten so evil. And therein is another battle, Lord. Help me not to look at the evil and be frustrated over it. Help me to look at the evil but not go ahead and hold it against those who are held in the grips of the enemy in their own flesh. Help me to have mercy and love to those that are committing the sin. Help me to have compassion on those who haven't met you yet. So in the days ahead, Lord, help us all to meditate on your word. Holy Spirit, help us to lean on you, your guidance, your understanding that we may glorify God in all that we do and say. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all who believe, said, amen. Amen. amen.